the watch. Back and forth. Back and forth. You're getting sleepy. Your eyes are getting heavy. Your eyes are tired. Keep watching the watch. Follow it. Back and forth. That's it. That's right. Welcome back to another edition of the Fantasy 40 Podcast. For myself, Jenna Barry, my co-host, Matt Walker, and our friends at Expand the Box Scores. So, this year we're running uh, two episodes a week. One where we talk about rookies and usage rates and things like that. And this is more of a preview for fantasy purposes. Uh, players that we are higher or lower than consensus on. Um, and we're going to talk about sleepers and uh, some higher ranked guys that we're fading this week. So, Walk, how are you, and where do you want to start? Tur- turn in the page, John. We're we're on the week two. This is the Bill Belichick mindset, and I couldn't be more excited uh, to talk about the guys we're higher and lower on than the sleepers because you pulled some gems last week, if I recall correctly, and I made me want to step my game up. So let's rock and roll, <laughs> and we you know let's let's get these quarterbacks out of the way. Um, although I think we were both, I, I knew I was high on Tua last week. I believe you were as well. I mean, he certainly rewarded us. We were talking before we went live and I said, fade to Sean Watson. And, you know, that ultimately was a good play. So I didn't listen back, but I thought we did a pretty good job, you know, on the, on the quarterbacks. There's the obvious top tier guys. And then, you know, there's a kind of this, this ugly mid tier where you, you have to sift through it, you know, and, and get to yeah. the gold because that's, what's going to make the difference, especially in like some of these DFS slates. So. Yeah, so I guess we'll get started with quarterback, and and we're going with uh, Fantasy Pros expert consensus ranking. Uh, we usually recording this on Monday or Tuesday, so things may change a little bit if we have a guy that we say is ranked at a certain spot on uh, Fantasy Pros. So ap- apologies in advance if more people rank and somebody moves up or down a few spots. For the most part, there's no giant movers. Uh, for me, I'm just going to go with guys I'm lower on consensus right now. Lamar Jackson, quarterback six, going against Cincinnati. After since he laid that fucking egg <laughs> in week one, I suspect they're going to come back and be a little more competitive in week two. On top of that, I, I mentioned on our previous podcast, I don't think this uh, new offense in Baltimore is good for Lamar. I, I don't think he's going to stink. He's still going to get some action with his legs, but six is just a little too rich for my blood. And the other guy I'm uh, way lower on the consensus, uh, you mentioned his name, Deshaun Watson. Number 12, playing playing Pittsburgh this week. Division game, these things get ugly. It was the reason I didn't necessarily like Burrow a week ago. That paid off. Do I think Watson is safe? Yeah, I need to see more to see if he's completely shaking this rust off. And I don't think Pittsburgh, after a bad loss, is a team that's going to do it. I don't see him finishing as a QB1, so I'm I'm a little lower on him there. As far as guys I'm higher on, Jordan Love is 19. He really impressed me week one against the Bears. That, that's a big spot. I mean, anyone who knows the Bears-Packers rivalry, going on the road and then kicking the dicks off the Bears, he, he could be a, a spot for a letdown game, but there's nothing I saw from Atlanta that makes me think they're good. So I think Love goes to Atlanta and, and squeezes up closer to that uh, low-end QB1, high QB2. 19 is just a little too low. And somebody I'll probably have in this segment all year because people are always too low on him. Kirk Cousins, he's QB 20. It is Thursday. It is a primetime game. Philly has a very solid defense. But Cousins is always right around that low-end QB 1. So why he's at 20 just seems too low for me. 
maybe the bright lights, primetime Kurt falls to pieces. I, I will buy that narrative, but I think 20 is just too low. Those are my QBs. Yeah, I mean, I was I was going to say, is it too soon? To... <laughs> Good pulse. I was going to say, is it too low to be uh, out on Aaron Rodgers? But I already made that joke in the first <laughs> segment uh, of the two. So, you know, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll save it. Um, my first is Dak Prescott. Even at 15, I think it's too high. Ah, okay. Maybe, maybe, maybe I'm a little higher on them than QB 86, but, um, Dak Prescott, QB 15, um, one, I believe in the Jets pass defense Two, I don't think the Jets offense is going to do anything to force Dak Prescott, um, to have to produce, you know, a, a high end QB two total. So consider me out on Prescott at 15. I've already said that I, I wasn't a believer that Dak Prescott was a QB one this year. So putting them in a, as a fringe QB one, you know, in a matchup at home against the Jets, Sands, Aaron Rodgers. I just don't know that that's, um, you know, it, you know, wise. So, you know, consider me low on him. And then Deshaun Watts, another one I was going to go back to the well on, but you've kind of already said your piece um, on, on Deshaun Watts. And so I will, uh, I will move on to another and it's Matthew Stafford at QB 22 against San Fran. Stafford just had a great game. People are probably going to be excited about him. San Fran's legit. Um, and I think it's going to be a, uh, a, you know, sub 300 yard game for Matthew Stafford. I, I don't know that they would be able to execute the way they did against the Seahawks. So he's a guy I wouldn't be really looking to start. Wouldn't be DFS and him anything like that. Guys I'm higher on. I don't care if two is going into New England after what he did week one. I'm in and he's listed as QB 10. It was nine last week and he just torched the chargers, which different defenses. I get it. Um, but now he's 10 this week after what he did. It's in New England. Hopefully conditions aren't as bad as they were in week one. Just, Consider we top five to uh, this year, you know, in, until further notice. And then another guy, yeah. and it's it's Brock Purdy at 16. Um, he looked all the way back um, from the injury at the Rams. Um, you know, in week two, I, I think they're going to throw the ball, and he's going to be productive doing it with IU, Debo, George Kittle, and CMC. You know, it's, it's, those are top weapons. And he – quick and decisive, you know, kind of proved why Shanahan wanted to roll with the kid, you know, as long as he came back from that elbow injury, I would start Brack Purdy over Dak in a heartbeat. And they're 15, 16. There it wouldn't be a decision for me. I think Purdy has better weapons. I think he's, he's just shown me more, um, even just in this early season. And then the, you know, the, the opponent would be a huge differentiator for me. So Brock Purdy would be the other guy that I think is going to flirt, you know, with uh, right at that, like kind of QB 12, like, is it be a touchdown difference away from being a QB one to a high end QB two? So one, one quick question, just cause you're, I'm looking at guys in that range. You're talking about Prescott and Purdy, uh, Geno Smith turned back to a pumpkin. Does that guy suck? Like he always did was last year, uh, outlier. Yep. I'm, uh, going yes. Uh, I, I'm concerned. Okay. Consider me concerned. Um, he has even better weapons now this year and he just really looked bad. I mean, there's a lot of, Let's throw out week one, but you know it's uh, reason enough. Yes, I'd be starting Purdy over Geno Smith, hundred percent. All right, so now pivoting to running backs, um, kind of right at the top, a, a guy who I, I still like, but uh, Eckler. Oh, currently eight. When I first did this, he was number two, so he was a guy I didn't like at that spot. 
uh, eight's probably about right. So I'm going to, I'm going to fade that because things have changed. And I think I did this uh, like 10 hours uh, ago. He's like, showing his running. He's showing his running back two for me in PPR on fantasy pros. Currently. Hmm. Oh, I have it in standard, not PPR. That's the problem. Okay. That so back to where it. I was. Eckler, I do like him. I, I, but like I said, Kelly's going to be more involved than I think we like as part of the running game. I think Eckler does get the PPR points, but Tennessee is pretty damn stout against the run. So I, I like him. He's still going to be an RB one likely, but I just I'm lower than him at that number two spot. The other guy is uh, Kenneth Walker, who's currently at eleven. Was nine last time I looked at it. Seattle looked terrible. Detroit's got an extra three days to prepare. I think Charbonnet's the better running back. I, I, I just, I just mentioned Gino. I'm very concerned about the Seattle offense. It was a real disappointing game in Week One. I don't see Kenneth Walker being the guy they ride to glory this week. So I just think having him in that cube uh, RB one tier is a little too rich for my blood. Then for guys, I like a little more than consensus. Damian Pierce currently 19 against Indianapolis, not the best run defense. Looking at snap shares from this week, Pierce is the main guy there. I think there's a world where he squeaks up more than that 13, 14 range. 19 just seems too low for me. Najee Harris at 21, or I'm sorry, he's up to 20 now. Against Cleveland, I think Pittsburgh, it's kind of the, the the both ends of the seesaw here. I think Cleveland played over their heads in week one, and they come back down to earth. I think Pittsburgh had a super disappointing game against the Niners, and they kind of bounced back a little bit. Najee's getting a 60-30 split out of that backfield, um, at least what we saw from week one. So I think 20 is just too low for a guy that I think in order to win – they realize he needs more volume. And then number 19, now 18, there he is, Rashad White. Um, Tampa looked decent, I guess, in week one. No, nothing great, but okay. The Bears looked bad. The Bears got ran all over by um, our guy. Aaron Jones was good out of the backfield Ooh. as a pass catcher. I think Rashad White can really pop. He, he would be my sneaky guy to kind of – I would call him a sleeper, except we all know him, right? So – He's not a sleeper, but I think he squeezes up into RB1 territory this week. I think he has a little breakout game against these dog shit bears. And that concludes my on running backs. Yeah, I like Rashad White. I like that call as well. Um, we were talking about a game in Tampa, Chicago, traveling after getting shellacked. You know, Rashad White, <laughs> you know, profiles is more the Aaron Jones type than the AJ Dillon type for sure. So my first phase is going to be right above him, Alexander Madison, going against my Eagles. Short week. I usually like running backs on Thursday night football. But I don't like running backs going against the Eagles. Their front is disgusting. Minnesota is going to be forced to throw the ball. Alexander Madison will have to get their catching passes. I believe you know you mentioned earlier when you were talking about the Patriots that they had a ton of checkdowns to the running back. So it could happen. I mean, I'm not ruling it out, but that's what, how it will have to happen because Alexander Madison is not going to get there as a running back. So just plug him at 17. No, thank you. Give me Rashad White over him all day long. So I'll be fading Alexander Madison then. David Montgomery, maybe going on a little bit of limb here, but we're just plugging him at 15. He had volume. He got the touchdown. If he doesn't get the touchdown, he has a shitty day. He's not getting targets. Seattle better bounce back after their disappointing performance in week one. So I will be fading the 21 touch, you know, one touchdown uh, David Montgomery week at 15 as well. Some of the guys that, that I'm higher on, Isaiah Pacheco at 21, 
I can see Kansas City wanting to run the ball more against Jacksonville after what their pass catchers were not able to do in week one. Um, so a more concerted effort to run the ball, control the clock, rather than just having Patrick Jones drop back a ton. Seems like a good formula, in my opinion, heading down to Jacksonville in, in a game. I know it's early in the season, but it's a must win for Kansas City, um, in, in my opinion. So giving Isaiah Pacheco a little bit more work makes sense to me. Then seeing... Um, Brees Hall, all the way down to 28. I get it. The sky's falling. Aaron Rodgers out. Zach Wilson's in. Doom, <laughs> disaster. But Brees Hall at 28, no. No, I don't care. I mean, it's yeah, it's at Dallas. Yeah, I think they're like an eight-and-a-half-point dog. Yeah, it's it's ugly. But to not even rank him as an RB2 is just doing him a disservice. So I think he's going to post still a top-20 performance when it's all said and done. He is a must-start. You cannot tell me that you are realistically starting Jamal Williams over Brees Hall. You know, that you're honestly starting Kenneth, Kenneth Gamow, who picked up a rib injury over Brees Hall, that you're starting – I mean, there's you know, James Conner. Like, sure, like descriptively better with the Giants, but – you know, Brees Hall just deserves better people. So consensus he, fantasy pros rankers, get your shit together because you know, he should never, you shouldn't be able to put him outside of 24. I mean, it should just be like he, a, a floor that he hits it and that's where he stays. Brees Hall is a starting running back on everyone's fantasy team. Don't get too cute with it. Yeah. I, th- I think the answer to your concern is right in the rankings. Hall's 28, Alvin Cook's 29. I think people just don't know what to do, so they put them real close to each other, and they can't justify putting them both at 14, 15, right? So they split those points yeah, in their head, and that's where they kind of end. But Brees Hall is fucking explosive. That guy looked great, man. Yeah, he, it, it, it literally it takes one carry. What does make my heart happy is Brian Robinson posted an RB14 performance in week one, and he's planted firmly at running back 30 <laughs> in the rankings this week. He's just not good. He's not good at football. I mean, it's, you know, I can't keep supporting Antonio Gibson if, you know, there's just not giving him any work. But Robinson is a touchdown or bust running back. He's not good in the passing game. Antonio Gibson is far superior. So I don't even care what happened in week one. I'd be fading um, Brian Robinson. And then a sneaky upside guy, I think, is Gus Edwards. I know you were saying that that Cincy game could be a little bit ugly, but there's no J.K. Dobbins there. They don't They can't convince me that uh, Justice Hill is in their plans as any significant touches. Sure, they can elevate Melvin Gordon all they want, but there's a reason he didn't make the 53. So Gus Edwards is now the J.K. Dobbins. He's the 15 carry starter in that offense, and to plug him as the end of the RB3 tier is just a bridge too far for me. I would be starting Gus Edwards over Brian Robinson without hesitation this week. Don't, don't disagree with that at all. I think that, so. I think that's all my stuff. <laughs> moving to wide receivers. So the first one that I am fading, I'm on Ross St. Brown, number four. Uh, look, Seattle got chewed up by LA's receivers, and Seattle's had a him, pretty John. damn good secondary. I can't see them not fixing their problems going into this game. I, I, I I've, you know, we are we are known Amon Ra haters. I think Seattle's secondary is good enough to not shut him down, but I don't see him as wide receiver four. I'm just lower than consensus. Is he going to be maybe in that 13 range? Sure. But four, I think is just a little too rich. Uh, Garrett Wilson is still 15. Look, he's going to, they're going against Dallas. He's going to have digs on him. (laughs) Zach Wilson is fucking terrible. Uh, Sorry to Zach, to Garrett Wilson. He's an amazing wide receiver. 
I don't think he's going to be able to overcome the shortcomings at quarterback with a week to play. Dallas is going to put a shit ton of pressure on uh, Zach Wilson, which I think really is going to hurt Garrett Wilson. And then scrolling down a little more, Christian Kirk is 30. I don't think he's in the plans. I mean, they're playing Kansas City. Jacksonville is better than they've been in recent years. If they revert to the old Jacksonville and KC beats the dog shit out of them, I could see Kirk getting involved. They go way more pass heavy. But as long as this game is slightly competitive, looking at the week one snapshots, targets, all that stuff, Kirk's number three. I just don't see him even flirting with this high-end wide receiver three territory. Looking at guys I like more than consensus, Zay Flowers, currently 27. They're going to play Cincinnati. Since he should bounce back, going to need to score. Lamar Jackson can't spread the ball. Even if Mark Andrews come back, comes back, Zay Flowers is going to be the wide receiver. He's looking to get involved. 28 is just too low. I don't see how he's out of the top 24, especially what we saw from week one. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins, 20. now he's 21. They're going to be in a shootout with the Chargers, just like we saw at Miami. I, I suspect that's going to be a theme all year. He had a ton of targets in week one. He should get a ton of targets here. Even though it's a bad passing attack, he's going to see the volume. I don't think he makes it up to uh, wide receiver one territory, but I think low-end wide receiver two is crazy for him just based on the volume. And, oh, it's number 51. Let's go digging deep. <laughs> Zay Jones. Well, now he's now he's forty eight. These things are very fluid. <laughs> Zay Jones is Jacksonville's number two. So I mean that kind of ties in with me being low on Kirk. I, I think Zay Jones should be a twenty seven, and Kirk should be down in the fifties. I just think they have it flipped. Give me Zay Jones the rest of the year. I, I I'm super thrilled from what I saw from him in week one, and I think we're going to see more of that in week two. Yeah, the, the Christian Kirk one is just kind of staring you right in the face. So is that Garrett Wilson at 15. I, you know, it's it's hard to really just plummet Garrett Wilson, you know, given his upside. But I mean, he didn't have a he didn't have a massive week one. I mean, in Buffalo secondary isn't any great shakes, you know. So let's extrapolate that out. After him, Brandon Ayuk. Yep, starting him over Garrett. Wilson, T. Higgins, yep, starting him. And then it gets a little dicey. I mean, we're talking veterans, Mari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, Godwin, Nuke, who you said are all right below Garrett Wilson. So it only takes one play for Garrett Wilson to get there. But, yeah, I'd be – you can't sit him, but yeah, I, I doubt a, a wide receiver 15 finish is in the cards for him. Um, I faded Debo last week, and now he's 24. I, I think I'm just still there um, with him as long as there's a health in Christian McCaffrey. He's more of a flex wide receiver than a wide receiver two for me. So I think he's – a tier too high um and then uh my my other fade is going where to go where to go lost him oh Devonte adams wide receiver 12 um i know uh myers picked up i believe you said concussion so you know things could change but i also think Jordavius white is just going to shadow uh, Devonte adams so i mean just we're just uh, continuing just to placeholder him as a wide receiver one I just, I, I don't know. It's just, I think he was on my short on. list. Uh, and the only, the only reason I didn't include him was, yeah, the Myers thing, because if it doesn't matter who's on him, he's going to get fucking, if, if Myers is out, he might see 18 targets. So that was the only reason I was scared to move. Yeah. 
but I, but I agree. Yeah. I mean, if it's any nine, it's six, you know, six for 66. I mean, I, I mean, it's, I don't think he's going to be like wide receiver 30, but I just think, just, you know, just, just kind of like Keenan Allen's under him at Tennessee. Yeah. I'd start Keenan Allen over Devontae. Yeah. All day. yeah. He came out. Okay, probably Tyler, you know, Brandon, definitely T Higgins. Yep. I think, you know, Devontae Adams probably should be in like the 18, like mid two, low two yeah. range. Yeah. But it's just, you know, guys that I'm just lower on, you know, some that I'm higher on. I'm just going to start. I'm glad you didn't say anything about him because he is my guy. He's, there's no one else's guy but mine. Elijah Moore is currently sitting as wide receiver 41. And, you know, you're like, what did he do week one? And it's like, well, not a lot, except that he led the team in targets. Uh, in, in week one that, that no yeah. one's talking about. Wait, sorry, tied for the lead. I apologize. But he was more productive than Amari Cooper. He had three catches for 43 yards on his seven targets. Amari Cooper had three catches for 37 yards on his seven targets. Okay, in adverse conditions, in a game that they won pretty handily. Now they're going at Pittsburgh in a team that also is going to want to bounce back and try and win the game. A Pittsburgh team that I need, I remind you, just got shellacked by the dynamic duo of Brandon Ayuk and Debo Samuel. And I think Elijah Moore can play a lot of that Debo Samuel type role. So you're telling me he's wide receiver 41? No, thank you. This is a wide receiver two week for Elijah Moore, or I could see like six for 75 and a touchdown type stat line from him. He is far too low in my opinion. And then I know this is just playing it safe, but you know, with Cortland Sutton wide receiver 32, Jerry Judy wide receiver 39. If Judy plays skyrocket right i mean he's a top 24 wide receiver and if he doesn't then Cortland sutton <laughs> shoots up in my opinion so you were mentioning it earlier with you know i think it was the uh the I forget which two running backs you said just plug them right next to each other when you don't know the answer well i think that's what oh, people are doing with sutton. jets guys yeah the jets guys so that's just what they're doing here is you know obviously if judy plays he's going to skyrocket past sutton and sutton's probably dropped so if both are in Judy way higher than 39, if Judy's out again, which seemed like he was pretty close to playing week one. Um, but if he doesn't Sutton will put up another fringy wide receiver, one type stat line. So he could jump up guys that I also think they just kind of plug next to each other. Cause they don't know what to do with them. Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, 28 and 29. <laughs> I'm still just on Jahan Dotson over Terry McLaurin. John Dotson should probably put up a, a low end wide receiver two total. I think he has top 20 upside, you know, against a Denver team that, it, oh no, that's not certain's out. It's the Carolina uh, D back that's out for the game. But McLaurin clearly still limited somewhat. Um, that I think John Dotson could give the game that I thought he was supposed to have last week and put a top 20 week out there. Beyond him, Jacoby Myers is still sitting at 45. You say he's hurt, then so be it. But um, that's that's clearly a, a, a he's hurt ranking for him. Down, 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 down the list. I is, love it. I um, love it. Pukunakua is still at 47. I mean, I don't know how you, I don't know how you can 47 him after what he did last week. I mean, Sam Fran is going to eliminate the run. They're going <laughs> to isn't he automatically 24? Uh, isn't he twice as low that <laughs> he should be? Yeah, I mean, you just see. I mean, people are just saying it's like a total fluke. I mean, I. I don't know that it's long-term, but you just can't discount 15 targets from Matt Stafford in a division game. I mean, Sam Fran's not going to let you run. So Puka Nakua is is going to get 10-plus targets. That's not wide receiver 47 by any means. But, I mean, then they got Van Jefferson at 60, and then uh, I'm not even going to go look for Tutu Atwell. They're just totally saying it was an aberration for uh, the L.A. Rams in week one. And it might well be, but that's just... 47 is a bridge too far saying that he's barely a wide receiver four um, after what he did. And then your Zay Jones is sitting right there at 48. He's another guy. I agree with you. 
you know, I think him playing on the outside um, opposite Calvin Ridley is, is good for Zay. He's not leaving the field um, in two sets, you know, when uh, Christian Kirk is, you know, it would be my assumption. So he's going to get more opportunity in a, in a game, which should be relatively high scoring against Kansas city. So yeah, I like him. Uh, I like him a lot as well. And you mentioned Rasheed Rice, I believe at 66, he just looked apart. Um, they can't really yeah. trust Sky Moore or Kadarius Tony. I mean, they're, so who's the next man up? It's Rasheed Rice because it's never Marquez Valdez Scantling. I mean, I could see a rapid ascension for Rasheed Rice um, in in snap counts over the next several weeks for Kansas City. Yeah, for sure. All right, moving on to tight ends. I'm going to go with the guys I'm uh, higher on first because I really want to trash one of the guys I'm low on. So uh, number 16, Sam Laporta. Seattle, not the best against the tight end. Laporta, the only show in town in Detroit. So I think 16's a little low. He should be flirting with uh, – given the tight end landscape should be flirting with that low end tight end one territory already and sticking with the same theme. Uh, another rookie who's the only show in town, Luke Musgrave, Atlanta, terrible against tight ends. Musgrave is 23. That's nuts. I mean, he got, got pretty involved, looked explosive out there. I think they're, I think we're all super low on those two guys. Um, looking at guys I'm fading Fairmouth at 10, uh, Cleveland's pretty decent against the tight end. He took a huge shot in that game. I haven't heard anything about him being banged up around the injury report, but he'll, he'll be involved. But I, I see Pittsburgh kind of getting more uh, wide receivers, running backs involved. I don't think this is a Fairmouth game, so tight end one is a little rich for my blood. And last and certainly least, can we stop with Kyle Pitts already? How the fuck is he number nine? He's never done it. He hasn't done it yet. Green Bay's good against the tight end. Until further notice, this guy is low-end tight end, too. He's done nothing in the NFL. He just maintains this ranking based on fucking hope. I'm so glad I don't have him anywhere. The thought of having to squeeze him into a lineup makes me sick to my stomach. He fucking stinks. This offense stinks. Get him out of this top 10 is insane. Top 15 would be fucking nuts. He's lucky to be a top 24 tight end in ranking every week. This is just people projecting hopes for fucking two or three years, whatever is now. I'm sick of even seeing his name. Done, did nothing again. Get out of here with this guy. I appreciate the rant. And yeah, he doesn't deserve to be tight end nine. I mean, he did have a thousand yard rookie season. So the- <laughs> that he's done nothing is, is a bit recent, but yeah, he doesn't deserve to just be placeholder uh, as a tight end one right now. He's not getting the volume and until that explosion comes back, <clears throat> I'm there with you. So he would have been one for me, you know, Hayden Hurst, who was a start of mine last week is a definite sit. I mean, though he's yeah. down there at 19, but people might want to run to start him. The saints eliminate the tight end. So I'm, that was a that was a good week one start, and I do think better. You know, Hayden Hurst is good in for a good season, but I'm not chasing those points um, from week one with Hayden Hurst. Cole Komet's down at 18. I told you he played a ton of snaps and he saw targets. So to say he's tight end 18 at Tampa Bay in the game where I think they're going to have to throw the ball to, um, I, I'm optimistic that Cole Komet could put a tight end one performance out there. So I'm a little bit higher on him. You mentioned Sam Laporta. Yeah, keep riding the Laporta train. You know, great days are ahead 
for him. You also mentioned Musgrave. Like, yeah, let's go. This It's the youth movement uh, at tight end. You know, a lot of these young guys are getting opportunity early. We've seen some production from both Laporte and Musgrave. I'd be comfortable rolling them back out into my starting lineup this week. I love the fact that Zach Ertz saw what I say, 10 targets, and he's plugged all the way down there at tight end 24 against the lowly Giants. I mean, just give me a break, please. Get Trey McBride active. That's just a rant that has nothing to do with higher or lower. Um, <laughs> Juwan Johnson, I think, fell to 16, even though he had the the snap share and the target share. So I think he's a guy against Carolina. The touchdown could be there. Um, so a little bit higher on him. You already smacked Pitts, who, who I agree with. And then there's just a few more guys up there. It's just crazy, right? Travis Kelsey and Mark. Andrew didn't even play week one over there under the chance that they play week two other one and two like that's just where we're at with tight end like, get him back up there you know Waller didn't do shit but that game got away from him Hawkinson averaged like four yards of reception Dallas Goddard didn't even have a catch and those four guys or you know five guys are in the top six right now so I mean it's it's extremely telling and Joker didn't do shit either and he's eight right Fryermuth had a minuscule game but caught a touchdown he's 10 I mean Go find touchdowns. Look at matchups. You mentioned a few. The one guy who I was pro Mike Kosicki going in, but Hunter Henry is clearly the target, the preferred target option from yeah. Mac Jones. Him sitting at 11 versus Miami in a game where I think they're going to have to score points, much like they did against the Eagles. Hunter Henry wouldn't shock me if he was tight end one on the week this week. So those are my guys. And then Logan Thomas down to 26. I mentioned him earlier. As long as he's healthy, he's a start. And he's getting the targets. Um, you know, they're going to Denver. Denver's defense is solid. Um, so I, I don't know they're going to be that productive running the ball. So Logan Thomas is a guy I would I'd be comfortable taking a flyer. And the fact that they put Irv Smith above him, Zach Ertz above him, Dawson Knox above him, Chigo Conquo above him. No, thank you. I was starting Logan Thomas over all those guys, and he can start climbing. I'd start him over Hayden Hurst. Um, you know, I think that Logan Thomas should probably be around 16, 18 in the rankings. Yeah, I don't disagree. So now going a little deeper, that's just our take on where the the fantasy community is and who we think they're too low, too high on, and where we are on certain guys. So going a little deeper, typically talking about sleepers here, I'll just kind of run through uh, my, my sleepers. I've only got like one at each position this week. It, it's super hard to like label someone a sleeper, especially for dynasty guys. Like <laughs> we they're scouring the bottom of these <laughs> rosters all year. So they're like, familiar names so it's hard to be like yeah fade fade this guy that we know sucks so or, or you know the, the sleepers are the opposite we all know these guys but baker mayfield uh qb 25 going against the bears at home we've talked about this quite a bit already i, I think it's a good spot for him the bears stink i think they stay in it he's gonna pepper uh godwin and evans with targets i I think he has a really good game against the bears lesser extent i did have mac jones just i think that's going to be a shootout with miami um he is 21 so i don't know if that's sleepery enough but they're in they're both in the uh baker is outside of top 24 so wouldn't typically be your starter quote unquote in the even in super flex going to running back Deion Jackson is 47. Even with Zach Moss coming back, the rankings don't reflect that. Zach Moss is down at 59. Deion Jackson versus Houston. He gets enough work in the passing game, even if Zach Moss comes back. I think he has an okay game. I'm, you know, He's not going to be an RB1 for sure, but I think you could plug him in your flex this week, especially if you lost some of these guys to injury that we, we saw go down. I, I, I like Jackson this week. 
He's the only show in town currently. We'll see what the story is with Zach Moss. <clears throat> but like I said, with Zach Moss coming back might put Jackson in just the receiving out of the backfield role, which he's probably more suited for. So I don't think that even hurts him. It may be a, a plus. Uh, at wide receiver, 63, Rashid Shahid again. Carolina not the best against uh, wide receivers. He's going to get their third best corner. He is super explosive. Love him in best ball. Hard to plug him in in a uh, lineup league. But if you have limited options this week, I, I think he can have another. He only needs one catch. You know, one catch for sixty gets you in the gets you in the end zone. You got thirteen points there, so that ain't too bad. And then at tight end, you kind of already mentioned him, Logan Thomas at twenty six. I really like this week. Denver not the best against tight end, so those are my couple of sleepers by position for this week love where you're at so i'm just going to go jordan love who's ranked at 18 at atlanta five star matchup for for him i mean i'm you know, we were talking about the kind of that that tier to geno smith dak prescott type tier even russell wilson for goodness sake who just wasn't good in, in week one jordan love looked good to me now at atlanta um ideal conditions i think that's right for a, a qb1 finish from him i'm going to go super deep and i'm going to go out on a limb as far as running backs are concerned running back 77 rashad penny okay i have no knowledge as to why <laughs> i believe this way i just saw kenneth gamewell get far too many touches in week one in my opinion he picks up a rib injury because of it and deandre swift looked terrible like Looked like it was his first NFL game, albeit on limited touches. Like dropped an easy crosser, just just didn't you know, just. It, it doesn't look like someone that they're gonna like. We got to get him more work. Short week if Gamewell's truly banged up and they activate Penny against this Minnesota defense, I could just see a vintage Rashad Penny performance. So one, if you sit on your waiver wire, you might want to look into getting him because you can zero fab bid uh, Rashad Penny, and if he is active on Thursday night. You know, I, you could do worse than trying to start him, um, you know, in what is a plus matchup. So you mentioned Hunter Renfro at 81 earlier, and that's an, if uh, Jacoby Myers is out scenario. I went a little deeper, and I, I mentioned I wasn't going to go find him, but I did. Tutu Atwell's at 85. Now, it's again San Fran. I don't think it's going to be pretty, but I think they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. Wide receiver 85 is just is insane uh, in, in my opinion for what he did week one in, in a matchup where I know San Fran's going to get after him, but this is divisional. They get ugly. Takes one play from two to out. Well, I think to cut his um, ranking towards to his return in half, and he could put a, you know, a total in the forties, like an R, a wide receiver four type finish slightly above him is Kendrick Bourne, who looked really good beating up the middle of the field. I you think you mentioned Mac Jones, you know, he's at 77 Kendrick Bourne. He was, Doing the doing work, and I don't know if Devontae Parker will be out or not. It would be a Devontae Parker revenge game if he's in, but I liked what I saw from Kendrick Bourne week one. So if Devontae Parker's out, you could go back to the well for Kendrick Bourne. And then a tight end, I kindly, yeah, I kind of tip my hand to Logan Thomas at 26. You know, that's yeah, I think a great matchup. I'll go a little bit deeper and I'll go K Dotton at 28. You know, I said heavy snaps guy, you know, didn't see the utilization, but again, let's, you know, let's, let's take shots at the Chicago defense when we get a chance. So Otten's going to be on the field again. All it takes is a touchdown to turn, you know, tight end 28 and a tight end 12 when it's all said yeah. and done. So I'm going to chase, you know, just, you know, snaps and potential opportunity. There's no other tight end that is going to take Otten off the field, only injury. So I could easily see Thomas and Otten putting up tight end one weeks this week and being ranked at 26 and 28 is a bit low, uh, in my opinion. 
And then Adam Troutman's sneaky as well. If Greg Dulcich is out, Adam Troutman's just placeholder to 36. He's the starting tight end in Denver, you know, yeah. going forward. I mean, there's something to be said there. He was involved this past week, um, and now they'll be playing Washington, a Washington team that let 10, 10 targets go Zach Ertz way, and that limited work, Trey McBride actually was did well on a per-catch basis. So if uh, Dulcich is indeed out, which it sounds like he is, Troutman's going to rock it up. Troutman will end up probably in the, in the mid-20s as far as tight end rankings are concerned. Yeah, were there any uh, fades you wanted besides the guys you're higher and lower on? For me, I think Houston is a better defense than people give them credit for. I was not impressed with the Indy offense. I mean, Richardson did get a little work on his legs, but game one got banged up. I'm sure they're going to tell him slide a little more. Let's try to run a little less. But yeah, I, I, I like their Houston secondary too. So I don't like Richardson or Pittman this week. Um, another team... I'm just giving you a team position. I'm not interested in Baltimore running backs this week. I got to see it first. I don't know. You know, are we going to have more fucking nine yard two touchdown Justice Hill games? No, thanks. I don't know how Gus gets involved. They, you mentioned Melvin Gordon not making their 53 man, but they do like him. Uh, Harbaugh talks him up whenever he gets a chance. I need to see how they use him before I <laughs> happily put any of them in my lineup this week. And I don't love C.D. Lamb this week against the Jets. Jets have some pretty good corners, pretty good secondary overall. They know their defense has to step up. Salah is not a stranger to this. Who are you going to shut down on that Dallas offense? I think you really want to get Lamb out of their game plan. So, obviously, he's a top wide receiver. It's hard to not use him. But, you know, if you're in an auction league and you have three super expensive receivers and you need to bench one of them, he would be the odd man out for me this week. Yeah, I mean, there, there's guys. Yeah, I mean, like a Justin Fields at seven, I get it. He's he's going to run. But Tampa Bay's defense looked pretty good um, in week one, albeit against a less mobile quarterback. You know, and it was, you know, the way Cousins got there was passing yards. Well, I just not seeing that from Fields right now. So I'd be a little skeptical of him at seven. Most of the guys I did kind of go through of, who I was fading guys I was lower on. You mentioned Kenneth Walker that he's just getting the, the running back 11 nomination. I'd, I'd be fading him crazy uh, a, a little bit <laughs> against Detroit. I mean, I get it. I mean, he's clearly he's getting the touches and even in a blowout, he was the one on the field. I just don't know why he's the pass catching back for that team. We already beat the Garrett Wilson thing to death. So I'm not going to go any further on that. Tyler Lockett getting 19. If he's coming off a concussion, you know, and JSN's there, I'm just, I, I think that, I think it's, I think we're done with the Tyler Lockett. You know, we rank him too low and then he overperforms thing. I think we're going to have to realize that he's probably a wide receiver three at this point in time, giving him 19 above like a Chris Godwin, a DeAndre Hopkins, you know, even a Debo Samuel, Michael Pittman, Zay Flowers. I'm just not, I'm not getting there. I don't think he'll get the volume. So it'll take a long touchdown. There's no one at tight end. I mean, we literally talked about just about every tight end, yeah. you know, between high, low, sleeper, things of that nature. So, you know, those, those are some of the guys that just, you know, the first pass going through of guys that I would be fading if I had better options. Yeah. So I, this is kind of a fun thing to do every week. I think uh, I'm going to go back to week one and keep score. We'll see how we're, do- <laughs> how we're doing on these, uh, especially the sleepers. That's always People always love that, especially when we start getting into buys. So hopefully you get some value out of that. think this is helpful for you setting your lineups. Uh, Bye weeks are not too far away. We're already into week two. I think they start in two weeks. So season is upon us, and it starts flying. So that'll do it for us. For myself, John DeBarry, my co-host, Matt Walker, we are the Fantasy 40, and we are out of here. Ow!
All right, we went 40. That's not bad. So we're done. Higher or lower than consensus, and then any sleepers or any, uh, if you're fading any of the top guys. Okay. All right. Well, you, you, so we'll just you go, lead we'll off go through. I'm... We'll either, run either through live reactions. Um, you got the consensus pulled up there? I do. Yeah. So we'll go through. Uh, the four positions on consensus. And then when we rip through that, any sleepers we didn't mention in the, the things were higher or lower on. All right. I love it. Who the fuck was, I was just going to bring something up to fucking give you a second of, uh, <laughs> outtake shit. I can't even remember what it was. So yeah. I guess, I guess there it is. I'm a fucking idiot. Yeah. yeah. Good old brain fart. I get to carry a towel around me with me now. Because I get to roll it up and put it behind my back when I sit, so I overextend. I they call that the Deshaun Watson. Good for him. Okay, I. No. What did you think? So one game, good, good, back to normal, not good. I mean, he ran in for one, which is always good for fantasy. But I was not. Listen, the, the listen, limited game after, I saw after what Joe Barrow did in that same game with those same conditions, I thought what Sean Watson was able to accomplish was, was impressive. He had double, double the yardage in the game and also contributed as a rusher, giving you 45 and a touchdown where Joe Barrow did nothing. He had negative one yards on his carry. So in adverse conditions where, you know, the highest paid quarterback in the NFL couldn't, couldn't crack 90 yards. Or fifty percent completion percentage. Yeah, I, I think there was reason for optimism with Deshaun Watson. But I also said sit Deshaun Watson everywhere this week because yeah. I wanted to see it. It wasn't because I knew about the conditions or anything. Well, that's like what that. I said with Ridley too. Yeah, I would, give, yeah. Me, give me give me a game before. Oh, I was start, probably I was his best game everywhere. of the fucking year. It's probably his <laughs> best game of the year. Yeah, I was starting Ridley everywhere. I was I was I was willing to be wrong about that one. But Deshaun Watson, there was just too many other options. You know, for uh, for him. What teams for, for a quarterback? Wait, how do you so get to I one get, and one then? Because Isn't I lost everybody? to the highest scoring team. Oh, but you had a high score, so but you I, get had the win for highest, I had the, the third average. highest score overall. Yeah, so gotcha. Okay, the Mendoza line. Okay. So yeah, I'm I'm one and one, and I scored oh, two hundred and fourteen. Right. I scored two hundred fourteen point four points, and lost to someone got two twenty three on me. Which I didn't look at until right now, so that's cool. Really happy about that. All right, that makes sense. I was two or two. Who did I? Oh, I got Tyree killed. Fifty-one point five from Tyree kill. That's literally how I lost. 